Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Mike, what's happening, everybody? We're back again. It's your boys. Oh, don't check your headphones. Don't check your speakers. I haven't betrayed you. This isn't wavy, sultry sounds of Jonathan Alva, Rez, or the smooth sounds of Mike Nellis. It's the other guy. But regardless of who's talking, you're still going to be saying it's some good shit. It's like, welcome to the next level show. It's the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, dude. You had like a very smooth New Yorker radio voice. Like I felt like I was visiting my family up there in New York. <laughs> I was driving and it was like smooth radio. Like the little GTA, like the GTA channel when you're driving around and cruising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's the best one to listen to. What's happening, guys? Dude, I'll let the listeners know. Like we we're recording like at it's a little bit before 8 o'clock in the morning. We never have done an episode this early. On top of that, I was late to this recording because my dog decided not to wake me up super early. She's whining right now because I put her back because usually like we hang out at this time so I can hear her like not happy being in the cage. Hopefully she holds her. She's still in the process of potty training. Hopefully she holds it during this episode. We'll see. I'll let I'll let the listeners know on the next episode or the next episode. <laughs> this was a good idea. How's the how's the dog life? The day dog life going? Dude, it's good. Um, I actually like took her to her first uh session of training. Yeah, I saw that. Obedience training, and she did awesome. The you know she, she had to learn like two basic commands. So like the stuff that they were going over was similar mm-hmm. to what she had learned. So I think that's what made her do so good. But Nah, she's great, man. She's just a lot of, you know, a lot of work. And I mean, any dog owner knows that if you have a bigger breed, it's not just like you get the dog and you just have the dog hanging out. I kind of want to put her in the studio. I just don't want her whining on the on the show because I know it'll sound like you know, there's animal abuse and just she just doesn't want to be in there. Um, but no, yeah, it's good. I, I even I even I'm so dedicated to the point that I even bought. They sold, I saw this on Google, so I was like, let me buy it. It was a book on the, the exact breed, like an owner's guide. And I'm just reading it, so I just bought it on Amazon. And it's yeah. going all the way, man. I'm just trying to do my absolute best. And whatever I do, I try to set my mind. Well, anything I set my mind to, I try to, you know, go 100%. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good. I saw the training, and it looks like it's uh, making progress. I mean, like, was that the first one? Yeah. And it's crazy, man. Cause like, I have not, like I've done, I've done coaching for myself as far as like an online coach, but I've never bought sessions from a physical personal trainer. So it's kind of like that. If I think about it, it's like for my kid, like teach my kid like stuff. Well, just like how you would train someone brand new. You said that you all you, all she did was learn like, you know, two commands, but you're not going to throw like 10 commands at her and thinking like, she, you know, she's going to retain everything. That's it's funny because I I feel like a lot of my content or my ideas are coming from this dog. So um, it's because everything sort of ties into it. The trainer even said, let's start off with like a few commands, you know, 45 to an hour. Let's see what the dog can last. 
Um, it didn't reach the full, it was like about 45 to 50 minutes that it started getting a little, you could tell the fatigue was setting in, it's new. So it's just no different than us. We literally don't need all that much to start. You know, we're starting off one time a week, maybe bump up the frequency later up just to like give her some more intense, like where we're doing more difficult stuff. But yeah, it's, it's no different. So it's pretty cool. Like, or the people that I know that have invested in their dogs, they have many multiple dogs and they train them really well. Great investment Mm. because, you know, you're putting in the work now to have them to, for them to have a good quality life later down the road. Same thing with the health and fitness. I think it's like, you need to put in the work now, take care of yourself now especially if you were at this age or so later down the road, your body will thank you. You know, you investing now learning the stuff, the skills, and you're going to be set up for success. There you go. Good stuff. Well, seeing, uh, I'm excited to see as to how far it goes or where, where it's going, the progression, I guess, of, of what she's doing. So uh, it's, it's good stuff. Hey, and even you look at that turn to a little dead. Yeah. <laughs> like I went out for the first time yesterday and like, since I got her, um, I don't know if you guys hear her howling in the background. Yeah, I was like, is that a someone? <laughs> it sounded like a person. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. She legitimately howls because she has, like, half husky in her. I just hope that, like I said, she makes it this yeah. episode. I, I used to live with a husky. Just hearing the uh, the banshee howls uh, brings brings me back. Do you guys have – have you guys ever seen the husky go super sane on YouTube? No. No, but I can imagine what it sounds like. Literally, just like that. And I'm going to show you guys later. You guys have to, I'm going to send you guys the link. And the listeners, like YouTube, Husky going Super Saiyan. And for all the people that know what a Super Saiyan is, (laughs) you are going to die. How funny this video is. The most funny video I'm just picturing it. I'm just picturing like the how going on like harder and longer and then like i'm, I'm imagining like you know the, the yellow hair uh, coming out and stuff so it's it, it, i'm sure it'll be hilarious it's it's like super short it's freaking epic i'm gonna do it for the listeners i don't care um you guys are just gonna hear a really weird sound but you it's only like 15 seconds um you guys have to check it out i have to show you <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah he starts howling and all of a sudden you get the the power outline or or whatever so it's listeners it's, are like what the yeah. fuck was that yeah YouTube, it was, well it was a husky going super saiyan i mean duh it's just her little howl and she keeps doing it she's my brother's gonna be pissed because he's probably sleeping right now so Oh, hey, so you're talking about yesterday. So yesterday we drove out to um to Miami because we needed to go to Ikea to go get oh, wow. some things for the store. And dude, so I get over there and then I'm totally like, you know, I guess taken for granted as to how things are here because over there they just reopen like yeah. Monday. Yeah. So just recently. So everywhere I go and, and like, you know, luckily we have masks in the car for just in case. I had some in there, but every single place that we went to had to wear... um. A mask. But the stupidest part was, and it is this fucking stupid. So IKEA. So one, they control the way you know how many people go in at a time, and they give you masks, 
and they are sanitizing everything, but everybody's on the line and they're literally on top of each other. I'm like, well, so it's important to be away from each other, but you put us on the line where it's snakes. So you're literally like next to each other. Like, and some people were kind of keeping their distance and other people, not so much like the dude behind me was like, like he had a mask on, he was sanitizing his hands, but he was like literally breathing down my neck. I'm like, bro, same thing. Same thing at the bar that I went to yesterday. I went to a nice speakeasy bar that I really like to go to downtown. I went with a buddy of mine and I I usually like that spot because it's not full. People usually do not go there. It's not like a hangout for everyone. There's usually never people standing. Yesterday was not the case. It took us a couple minutes to get a chair and stuff. And, you know, I was very like, it's like everyone's like sort of shoulder to shoulder because you're at a bar. And it's not like they made a rule like you had a bar stool person, bar stool person. Some people mm. did it, like in which obviously took up space. But for the most part, strangers were sitting next to each other, just ordering their, you know, their cocktails. And they were just, you know, I was like, okay, what's this? It seems like COVID. I think now the bars are now back to normal time. And I've heard here, I think that gyms are running at full capacity again. Yeah. Here, um, yeah. So it's been, I mean, other places have not even opened yet. I've been talking to people in other states, other, other parts of Florida. Their gyms are not open yet. Some, like some companies. A lot of backlash for 24-hour fitness because there's a 24-hour fitness in Orlando. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're the only ones in Orlando, the place where my friend lives that apparently is not open yet. We've been hearing a lot of negative uh, talk yeah. about them, that they've been going through a lot of just bad, like just handling the situation so bad but that place in particular or 24 hours as a whole 24 hours as a company yeah like they made like some pretty drastic changes right very bad drastic changes and they're i don't know what's like what's the thought process behind it man like what's the who's the the leader of this that ship and it's it sucks but it is what it is man like anybody you know affected or are they all good as far as employment no like personally, I don't know anybody right now that's affected. It's just the, the only thing is like they can't work out at their gym. They don't want to sign up at another gym because they like 24, which mm-hmm. is fine. But it's what it is. I've never been like loyal to a facility per se, like like a gym, like when I was a member at a gym, as much as I like it. Like mm-hmm. uh, some people like are like die hard. Like I love this gym. I, I mean, obviously, I love the studio where I train now. Mm-hmm. And I really like enjoyed where I worked before that. And, but as mm-hmm. far as like the big box mm-hmm. gyms, I was never like, Oh my God, I die by this gym. Like, no, like if the gym like was not convenient anymore for whatever reason, I'm canceling my membership and I'm moving. Oh, I'm not a gym hopper, but yeah. like, I don't, I don't lily gag on it too much. I think I've only been a member of her three big box gyms. My first one was Valley's, which was something. Wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that in so long. Valley's Total Fitness. So that was up in New York. And then I moved to uh, LA Fitness, again, up there in New York. And then when I came down here to Florida, I joined Crunch. Mm. And then I haven't had a membership in like maybe like four or five years. Because I just train either at work or in my community. They have a gym there. So why am I going to pay for something else? I mean, I got everything, everything I need is right there. I recently canceled my membership because I knew to, I, I looked at the time amount of times I was really going and I got spoiled, man. Like I'm so used to training in a nice 
like one-on-one area. Like mm-hmm. so anytime that I used to work at is relatively small as well. And then I work at my, my studio that no one's usually there. So now it's like not, it's not convenient for me to train at a bigger gym just because there's a lot of distractions. People say hi, which I don't mind. Um, it's just that obviously you're seeing someone and you, your workouts tend to be like, like hour and a half, two hours when I'm used yeah. to like 45 minutes, I'm usually done with what I got to do. So sometimes I miss the energy of, uh, of just like, you know, everyone there, but if I'm I wasn't, fine. if I wasn't training people, I'd for sure have a membership at a big box gym. Cause I like, I like people, I like interacting, but since I'm with people all day, like that's my focus. I'm concentrated all day with people. I like kind of my alone time just to be able to just boom, 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 you know, get in my groove and out. Cause I have to continue doing whatever else I have to be doing, you know, podcasting content, you know, mm-hmm. online clients. So Mike, how are, Mike, you look the most handsome and beautiful this early in the morning. Gabe and I, like, we just look like straight shit. Just rolled out of fucking bed. Just <laughs> like, you know, it's horrible. He said, but, but you know, it's kind of unfair though. Cause like Mike, they call him Mike the light for a reason. You know, he lights the way he illuminates any room that he enters, even a, a Zoom room. So uh, it's it's really unfair. It's because my bald head reflects the light that's above me. <laughs> Actually, correct. Um, no, this is like I used to. Uh, I used to hate this time of day, but now I'm. Uh, you know, I'm already like on my second or third client by now. Usually, so this is like right when I'm usually operating at my highest capacity. I mean, you know, it's like waking up at four and getting to work by five or six sometimes, but no, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I'm actually trying, uh, I was telling Gabe about this before we started recording. Um, I'm trying something that Doug suggested. Um, Mr. Doug Eggy from mind pump. He was talking about doing uh, intermittent fasting, but switching it to where you're not skipping breakfast, you're actually skipping dinner. Mm. So, um, I'm trying that out for not weight loss or anything like that. Um, I'm actually trying to see if it helps me sleep. Um, cause I just got a new sleep number mattress and I love it. I don't wake up with aches and pains anymore, but it's really illuminating the fact that my sleeping pattern or sleeping habits could use some work, I guess we can say. So I'm tossing and turning pretty frequently and I now have an app that puts a number to it. And basically my bed tells me that I suck at sleeping. Um, so it went pretty well actually yeah. last night. I, I feel like not eating kind of kept my body temperature down. And my heart rate was lower through the night um, and I didn't wake up nearly as much and I feel a little bit more refreshed. So I still haven't eaten. There's creamer in my coffee, but um, yeah, I think I'm going to try it out one or two more times and see how it goes. It's kind of sad because dinner is like my favorite thing to eat, but at the same time, it's like a challenge. So we'll see how it goes. So like, um, if the people that haven't listened to the Doug Eggy, he's the the producer for Mind Pump, the podcast we really like, look, we, we love, we admire. It's like our favorite top fitness podcast that we kind of stem some uh, motivation, definitely inspiration to do this. And we've been very fortunate to have all the guys on here just to chat it up. And who knows, eventually we might be able to do like a, like the three on three, like just a full-blown, <laughs> like crazy combo, just all of us there. And maybe we can speak it into existence in the yes. future. 
But no, we definitely liked it. Let us know which uh, episode out of the Mind Pump guests you guys really liked. I'll, we really enjoyed speaking with all of them, but Doug, Doug was a particular one because he was the one yeah. that we least about. Um, and they actually mentioned the episode on the latest, uh, the Friday episode on Mind Pump. They apparently Doug told the origin story of Mind Pump the best. So, the most accurate. The most accurate, correct. Yeah, so like... It was that was really cool to hear. So, thank you guys. But um, so, let's talk. Let's talk legs. Yeah, you know what I was thinking. All these stories that we've been going over. Um, the the dog, the 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 trip to IKEA, the guy that was standing behind Gabe, my mattress, the mind pump guys. You know the the common thread that runs through all of these wow. legs. They all have legs. This is true. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's factual. Yeah. Science. I don't think that's a coincidence either. No. Like, no. If, like the common denominator is legs. Yeah. Like you, this wouldn't be possible without legs. So I think it's definitely something worth talking about today. Let's talk some motherfucking legs. This is something where I, for the, for the first, I guess, damn near even a quarter or even half. I was totally avoiding. I just did not put in as much emphasis as I should have. Same. And I really regret it now. Um, anyone who's who's kind of like getting into lifting or that comes to me with questions, I kind of emphasize more. And even the clients that, that, that I get, I really try to put a heavy emphasis on um, lower body training. One, maybe it's it, it's like subconsciously trying to fix my own mistake or wishing that I can kind of go good, go back in time. But um, I just know the importance of it. Like once, if you want to get a bigger, bigger arms, bigger chest, bigger shoulders or anything, and you're like, oh, I'm plateauing, work on your legs. And it sounds crazy. It sounds like it makes zero sense. But you do that and it'll just ha- kind of give a kick, uh, like a boost, a kick in the, in the ass to all the other body parts. You know, you, that's, you know what's, um, I like the fact that you said that because People think like, well, dudes, especially the ones, the women never really neglect their legs. They, it's no, like legs is chest for, for, or ladies. Yeah. And, um, but for dudes, like you said, that if you're like feeling like you're plateauing, you're the bro that only hits the upper body and you're trying to go for the Johnny Bravo look, you know, and you're feeling <laughs> like you're just not making as much gains, training your legs will have a positive effect on your upper body. Now, it's people think like, how if I'm not, you know, I'm not pumping up my arms and all that. So the reasoning behind that, just in case you guys, uh, our listeners, you know, we're not familiar with this. It's not because when you train, you get like a a response in the body, regardless of whatever area you hit. And obviously, it's going to be louder where the muscle you train. But there is a carryover throughout the body. Obviously, if you train a bicep, it's not the the signal of muscle building is not going to be as loud as a barbell squat. You know, it's not going to send as big of a signal into the body. So you definitely want to hit, you know, your your legs for that loud anabolic response that has some carryover for the whole body, which then can, as a byproduct, you know, aid in in you know overall development because your body is always going to consistently try to balance itself out. So it's, it's, you know, don't feel that you adding an, a leg day or maybe adding a little bit more training in your legs is going to take away 
from other areas, it's, it's definitely going to aid. And that's definitely a point that I wanted to set the tone just in case someone's like, oh, I'm opting out if you haven't already. <laughs> this is a good incentive for my bros, especially to hit those legs. I've said it in many occasions, no girl likes a dude with skinny legs. If you have an amazing personality, okay. But if you have amazing personality and amazing legs, you're winning. That's why you're that's why you're winning, John. <laughs> that's I think that's why I've been able to get dates, man. I think it's just because of my legs. Because my exactly. personality is like it's like yeah, it's in a B, you know, B plus. <laughs> you just show them a, a pic of your calves. Yeah, I just send next, them like you know how to your dog. You know, for the dating world, dudes like send D pics and like you know they're <laughs> but I send calf pics. <laughs> <laughs> Even better conversion ratio. Yeah, dude. It's I'm gonna start my fans only with my calves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so with with on that note, um, going with legs. I mean, what are you mentioned barbell squats? Um, that would be like the king of leg training. Would you agree, or would it be a, a coin toss between that and like a like a deadlift? So for definitely for ultimate lower body development. The average, I don't want to say, cause I don't want to say everyone, because I think that painting the, you know, everyone with that broad of a, you know, of a stroke. I mean, I think that you need to take in consideration variables, but some form of squatting is going to be optimal for everyone to do. And everyone can do something that's like with a knee dominance, like, you know, with the hip hinge, you know, just an overall lower body dominant exercise. Now a barbell squat ideally is where I try to get someone to at least try and do in most cases, it is very successful and some people take longer than others, but definitely like if you're the average gym goer, definitely incorporating some type of barbell squat is phenomenal usually just for, you know, getting there and people are going to be like, well, you know, you could do like quad, you know, leg extensions and develop your quads and, and hamstring. And, and yes, that's true. But the, 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 the neurological like, you know, benefits, not only just from, you know, you know, the stimulation your body gets, you know, that that's, uh, we're talking about anabolic signals, you know, in the body for that promote muscle growth, it's the squat is up there with how much that it does for the body, from all those standpoints versus, you know, trying to get away from them and just doing a leg, you know, even just a leg press or a squat, you know, so there's it's it's a difficult exercise it's not easy to perform properly so it's definitely a skill that's worth doing for sure yeah it's definitely probably the most challenging exercise um from a both physiological and a a mental standpoint there's a lot going on there's a lot of moving parts and you have to be present the whole entire time that that bar is on your back um i wouldn't go so far as to say that everybody should uh, do a barbell squat because there's like Jonathan mentioned, there's an obvious group of exceptions, but some form of squatting, uh, some form of squatting, I would say is, is the king of, of exercises. But, um, the, the thing that's awesome to me about those is the difference between just the, the amount of muscle mass, the amount of strength that you'll gain from that. Cause it's, it's predominantly a leg exercise, but, 
you're using your whole body, especially when the, the weight starts going up, you're using your whole body to keep yourself upright and to make sure that everything is uh, acting as it should. And you just don't get that out of a, a leg extension or a, a hamstring curl machine. And I mean, even to that effect, your, your body, you can't find a natural movement um, that a human performs in which the, the hamstring works independently from the, quadrice uh, the quadricep and vice versa. The quadricep never is only working on its own without the hamstring or the glutes. Um, so with that in mind, I mean, the, the squat, most people associate it with quads, but whether you're aware of it or not, your, your hamstrings, your glutes, uh, adductors, adductors, uh, they're all working together. Calf muscles too. I mean, it is a total lower body movement and you're getting some carryover to your upper body as well, because you have to keep your torso involved or otherwise you're going to fold over like a lawn chair. Absolutely. No, it's definitely something you, some people have to build up to and they spend a long time getting up to. And, but ultimately, like I said, if you're an average gym goer and you're not like a, you know, a specific athlete or something, definitely like barking on learning how to do so is amazing. Um, the great thing about it is that you can do, you can manipulate so many things in that one single movement, your stance, the bar positioning, you know, the, the rep scheme, you know, your rest periods, and you can spend the whole, like, you know, whole short workout, just working on your squat, you know, skill. And as a byproduct, you develop for them. I've never seen someone that squats very nicely and has an, a great squat with poor, poor legs. It's just, obviously doesn't mean that I'm not going to tell people you're going to, you're that person that squats has these ginormous legs necessarily but you definitely have great muscle development from incorporating the movement so obviously there's other factors but that's what kind of like a that's more of a broad general statement that if you look at someone great squats frequencies there the technique and everything's on point they usually definitely have nice legs yeah and then going back to the whole full body kind of like training. So talking about a barbell squat. So if you have the barbell on your back, you know, you're, you're even thinking about trying to bend that barbell around you. Right. So while you're doing that, I mean, you have to pull, you have to pull down on the bar. You have to really like use your whole body. That's just an, another, uh, a further example of how you're using your entire body for the squat. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like, you know, you just have it there. And your hands are kind of like, you know, just loose. Um, they can be in that position if you're doing like, if, you, if you're talking about like a front squat, right? Because you're not, you, you don't necessarily need to grip, do a full grip uh, mm -hmm. of the bar, right? You just have to kind of keep, keep your, your, your upper body um, uh, pretty upright. But uh, you're really just like pulling down on everything. So it, it, it gets everything involved. And with, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say just to, kind of frame that for people i mean think about it if you're not holding it up with your muscles uh you're holding it up with your your bones and it, with the barbell being on your back it's it's sitting on your spine um that's not a comfortable or a healthy place for it to be so you need to keep every muscle along that chain involved otherwise you're gonna have some serious issues one day and you mentioning um having it uh not holding it up on your bones that's something that, you know, you ever, whenever you see someone that, that is squatting and they have like the pad on it, mm -hmm. like I already know, okay, you, you're, you have the bar way too high. Yeah. Right. Cause if I were to put the bar super high, essentially on my neck, and if I were to try to squat, that's going to be painful for me or for anybody. Right. 
Yeah. So whenever I see uh, someone pull out the pad and just squat, I'm just like, uh, you might want to just lower just a little bit, just a little bit, and then it'll be just much easier for you or better for you overall. Right. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter like who you are if you put the bar on your neck, even if you have the nicest straps in the world, it's going to feel uncomfortable. So yeah. if you're someone that feels I can't do the squat without this pad, lower the bar a tad bit. You know, you will definitely be able to. Everyone can. I that was a misconception that I thought at the very beginning too. But away from the squat itself, I mean, even though it's one of my top go-to movements. Another great movement that I generally like to incorporate for, for leg development that I also feel like, let's say if a client can't barbell squat, but they need to learn this particular movement is going to be a um, Bulgarian split stand squat. What yeah, I, I, I love the Bulgarian split, uh, split stand squat. Um, it's something that for a while, like I was even pushing, I was, I was damn near... <laughs> stronger than on one leg than I was on, on both of them or probably like more if that makes any kind of sense like I was really like pushing my my Bulgarian split squat for a while um, I really enjoyed it I really liked how I can put a focus on it and essentially a Bulgarian squat is an advanced version of a lunge right so you're just putting more emphasis on one leg um, taking out um, the back leg much uh it's it, it's great I, I i like the isolation of it for for one leg I, I like how i can really just focus on one leg and just um making sure that for instance there's no kind of movement on my knee um, make sure that my ankle is pretty stable um and in place um i can focus on and, and this is great for even if if you want to either a um, increase your squat be work on your squat or anything. If you feel like you have an issue with your squat, if you were to, to either start doing some Bulgarian split squats, then it'll um, it, it'll just uh, improve everything all around for for your squat. What do you think, Mike? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um I don't I, I can't confidently tell you that I've always had a uh, a good relationship with Bulgarians, but um, I've I've recently come around to them as a as a good exercise, and I it's certainly something that I have my uh, my clients do. Um, I more often than not use it as a supplemental instead of a focus, but yeah, even to that degree, I mean, it's, it's great for helping with imbalances is what I typically use it for. So if I see that somebody is favoring one leg over the other on a squat or the bar is coming up crooked or whatever my eyes tell me, um, I throw them on a Bulgarian and then I watch each leg move independently from each other. And, and from there you can kind of get a better idea of what's actually happening. That's causing them to, you know, shift their hips in the squad or whatever, uh, whatever issue comes up. But that's something that for, for anybody that doesn't know, and you know, you, you can easily look these up on YouTube. There's a bajillion, uh, exercise videos describing this sort of thing, but a Bulgarian is, uh, it's essentially putting your leg behind you, one leg behind you up on like a bench or some people do it on a ball or a chair or something like that. And you're basically just doing a one legged squat on the one leg that's still connected to the ground. Um, and there's a lot of variables that go into this and you can load it in a bunch of different ways, but that's in essence what the, uh, the Bulgarian is. And I mean, that, I think that, I don't know. That probably carries over to um, to the lunge as well, um, just because it does kind of single out the legs the same way that a lunge does. 
before we, we move on to, to the lunge, what I was just about to say is like, you know, you mentioned that you'd like to use this, and I guess this would apply to lunge as well to kind of cover or to um, uh, make any improvements on any imbalances. That's how I'm using it right now. Mm-hmm. So I've been, uh, I mentioned before, like my hip, my right hip in particular is a bit funky. So yesterday I was squatting. I've been trying to really push on my, uh, put a, a main focus on my squat, but sometimes I finish and then my, my hip is a little, I don't know. It's just a little bit off. Cause like I said, if I'm off, like maybe like a centimeter in, in my technique, like I can feel it. Um, but I used the Bulgarian split squats after, after I squatted yesterday and they felt great. I felt like I was really connected to the movement, to my legs, to the muscle. And I think I'm, what I'm going to do is start putting more of an emphasis on them right now. Yeah. And uh, I think even you can load these like, you know, in, in, different ways like you can have a dumbbell in each hand and you're working on strength you can have a dumbbell on one hand which would be the same uh hand that you have your foot forward right so if i have my left foot forward and i have a dumbbell in my left hand now what you're doing is kind of like working more on stability right because Mm -hmm. you need to you, you need to be able to stabilize yourself to not tilt over to one side or the other right if i have it in my opposite hand i might be kind of like counterbalanced yeah. Right, so I, I like to use it if I'm work if I want to work on stability. I use it on the same hand that I have it. Um, when I was pushing it, I actually had a barbell on my back, and then I was just essentially squatting with wow. with that. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was something. So that's bold. It, well, well, so here it goes. So when if you decide to do this, make sure you have like some safeties or whatever because I don't know if I said this to you before, but I was a, a Bulgarian split squat and had a bar on my back, and I came down. And then for, I can't tell you why I lost tension at the bottom. Oh no. And I, I said, this is probably, it'll probably be bad if I try to really push it up. Cause I was pushing it mm-hmm. and I just put it back on the safety. So I, uh, I got pinned down to the ground. I was by myself at the gym at this time. So, uh, it wasn't that terrible, but, um, yeah, that did happen to me. Um, I even, you know what, I've even tried loading these, um, front loading them in a, in a, in a front squat position. Um, so it, it was, it was something, it was harder, mm-hmm. but, um, with these actually with any type of a squat or anything that we're, that we're covering for a squat lunge and even Bulgarian for squat, you can load these in, in like a million different ways and they will shift slightly shift the focus, um, based on how they're loaded, but they're mm-hmm. just great variations. Like, uh, if someone has any kind of shoulder impingement issues where you can't put anything on your back and, and hold the bar, um, correctly then you can front load them, right? You can have dumbbells on the side. You can, you can just do like a million different, different kind of ways. Yeah. And that also, that kind of goes back to that full body experience and all of these being uh, compound movements in that their knees and the hips are moving in tandem, even the ankles um, changing the side that you're holding the weight on or whether it's the front or the back or left or right, um, that changes the angle of your torso, which is going to give you a different result. The back squat comes to mind when I use this example because holding the bar on the front side of your body, you naturally have to keep your torso more upright to keep that on your, your, the, your center of gravity on your midfoot. So, um, and then going to the back side of the body, you're naturally going to have to lean forward a little bit more to keep it over your midfoot. And that would be where the variables really start to come into play and you can, you know, argue one is better than the other all day, but, um, that's like the best part about most of these movements is that there are so many ways to load it and get a different result, even though it's essentially the same exact movement. Exactly. And you mentioned, uh, before I, I jumped in that on my last point, you mentioned the lunge 
and it's funny because so whenever I get a we get a new a client for the first time, we do a squat assessment on them, and we need to break down their squat. We might even start them on a lunge before progressing them over to a squat, right? Because this lunge is essentially a single leg a single leg squat. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say that's kind of funny is that so you start a beginner with this movement, but then this is also an advanced movement, right? And it, you're really not changing much to it. It's the same thing, but you can just use this as a supplement, kind of like how you mentioned with the Bulgarian foot squats, how you use them as a as, as an addition to the squat, right? So you can just use these um, the lunges for many different kind of ways. And same thing as we said before, we can load them in 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 various uh, ways. Uh, you can use them in different kind of intentions, um, and it still uh, it will be some great development for you. Yeah, the uh, the lunge is something that I have. Um, I've used that a lot more than the Bulgarians. I like lunges, um, and there, there's a lot of variables that go into that one as well. But I, my go-to is just a good old-fashioned dumbbell walking lunge. Um, that's, eh, I'm not gonna even say it's in my top two. It's it's top three, but wow, um, that's up there. Well, at a certain point, walking lunges turn into cardio, and I, I have a distaste for cardio. Um, yeah, but no, that's uh, that's another a great one. And I mean, I use that for some of my older clients who maybe don't have the confidence or the range of motion to go into like a squat or a Bulgarian. Bulgarians are scary for old people because there's yep. a very high fall factor. Um, but with lunges, you get a little bit more um, more confidence in it, and you can also hold like you can you can almost do like a skiing type thing where you're holding a like a, a broomstick in each hand to give you just a little bit more stability but um again that's another one where you can just you can do so many variations i mean front you can do stationary lunges front or back uh side lunges walking lunges with a uh, stability in the movement um dumbbell loaded front side rear barbell there's just any way you can be as creative as you want with it and Go ahead. You know, something that you, when you mentioned the side lunges, um, that just kind of like a, a, a broad an image to me. And this would apply for any of these movements that we're talking about, whether it's Bulgarian foot squats, squats, lunges, or anything. Um, I just, uh, I, 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 and I think I've done this before and, and I've seen uh, clients do this as well. So they go to do like a side lunge and they think they're going low, but they're really just bending more at the waist oh, to get yeah. lower. That's a good so, point. so I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. I mean, great that you that you have that, but in your mind, you're telling yourself, I need to get lower, by any means necessary, and you're just bending more and more at the waist until you're damn near parallel to the floor, as opposed to really hinging at your hip and really getting that 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 knee activation. Um, the to, lunge, to, I think, is just a phenomenal movement. Just level of entry is not much. You don't need much. You guys have discussed even shifting body positioning can make a big difference on how the lunge, you know, you get, you know, what muscles you're stimulating. So I like the lunge. We, you know, we said that I think the lunge, like Mike said, like he uses it probably more than a Bulgarian just because you, it's, it's a little bit less, you know, balancing. You obviously there's a balance factor, but you essentially, it's easier to coach and cue. The great thing is that you don't need anything to lunge. You don't even need a lot of weight because if you increase just the amount of steps you do or the amount of reps, your legs are going to feel it. And I think that doesn't matter how advanced you are, the lunge can, it's going to be a phenomenal 
leg developer. If you lean more forward, more glute activation, a little bit slightly more upright, you're going to get more quad or the, the distance of your stance can manipulate. If you're doing side or back, it can shift the weight differently. So lunges are very versatile, especially if you don't have any gym equipment, you want to build nice legs and you're already relatively strong where bodyweight squats aren't going to do it for you. Lunges take the cake. Yeah, for a, for a variation of a lunge that I just love and I have been incorporating like pretty frequently now would be um, like a Kazakh squat. I, I, just, I just love that, that side lunge variation of it. Mm. Um, again, I'm using it just to kind of like just to get fully uh, reconnect, really establish that connection with my lower body and, uh, you know, working on something other than just the frontal plane because, you know, we're always when we're lunging, you know, we're going forward and backwards. Uh, backwards maybe but usually it's forwards um so just trying to uh work on the body in a different type of plane you're working on the mending that relationship with your lower body that you've neglected for so long you're you're trying to make up to her i am i'm like no let me let me let me buy you some more gifts let me let me take you out to dinner let me spend some time with you yes um have we do we want to say that as important as lunges, Bulgarians and squatting is, you know, uh, hinging motions are going to be ideal, you know, for yes. ultimate leg development, because, you know, and this can go in many ways. So, uh, you know, we're talking about squatting and variations of squats. This can, for barbell, you can go to dumbbell variations of squats. Essentially the, the core concepts are about the same. You know, you want to make sure certain movement patterns are there, which are very knee dominant. So you definitely want to be working on your hips and everything to be able to perform and get the max benefit of these movements. But you definitely want, if you want a little bit more attention on to your glute development, as well as your hamstring development, which is also going to be essential for developing impressive legs, because a lot of, let's say, clients that I've played that have played sports and uh, have spent at least a couple of years doing some type of track, soccer, basketball, most sports require you to have an explosive power going forward, you know, running forward. Essentially, you're never necessarily running backwards or doing any type of your, so they develop a very strong connection with their quads. If you notice any type of athletes, usually they have well-developed quads, but their hamstring hamstrings can lack a bit if they're not, uh, purposely adding some training and i found this very common so with someone even though i want them to do variations of squats if they come to me and they develop they tell me i want to develop nice legs and nice glutes if i'm assessing their movements i notice that maybe their hamstrings are lacking or they don't understand the concept of a a proper hinge definitely spending a lot of time hinging and any type of hinge movements are going to be essential um even even to that same effect you just said something that reminded me of a part of the book that i'm reading right now but uh even having overdeveloped quads and not enough hamstrings glutes you're missing the the back and forth connection between the front side of the leg and the back side of the leg and actually if you have super dominant quads and very underdeveloped hamstrings you're actually putting your knee joint at more of a risk that way because the quads are pulling so hard on the knee and the hamstrings just not there to support it that's more often than not what leads to people tearing like acls and mcls mm-hmm. um so even from a safety standpoint you know if you are an athlete and your quads are super developed and you just, you know, you, you, you don't have the hamstring development. You don't have the hamstring strength. You're putting yourself at risk. And even to just an average lifter who is squatting and every time it's just a quad movement, 
your event, you're setting yourself up for disaster at some point because you're not getting those hamstrings involved to counterbalance the action of the quad on the patella tendon and the knee joint as a whole. But that just, um, that just popped into my head. So I figured I'd share it, but, um, I definitely like, I've been waiting all episode to say this. If the, if the squat is the king, the deadlift is the queen. And I got to say, I prefer the queen to the king, but um, I mean, she's better in chess. So I was just about to say in chess, she is the better piece. Yeah. So, well, you know, what does that tell you about, about lifting? But no, I like the deadlift. In my opinion, it's the best exercise on the planet. Um, that is a, that is a, a humble opinion, but um, that that's just like the purest form of, of hinge. And, you know, people, misconstrue it and put blame on it and it's it's hated on for no reason but there's uh, a lot of controversy around the deadlift as far as because you know some people it's not a back exercise some people it's great for back development as well obviously it's a posterior chain dominant movement meaning it's just you know everything that's all the muscles that are behind you are going to benefit from this movement um there's a lot of hate as of lately on social media that i see that deadlifts are so waste of time like you don't need to deadlift fine if you don't want to do a traditional conventional deadlift com- completely okay um, i feel like the same thing with the squat you don't necessarily need the squat to develop your legs the barbell squat but they're great if you're an average person is learning some form of like you know a sumo deadlift to a conventional deadlift with the bar phenomenal movements skill base wise as well as just you know the signal it sends in the body is phenomenal and obviously like we pick up things you know, so it, it, it obviously I feel like for some people, it may not be their be- best back development movement. Like, you know, for someone, it just it won't be the case. And that's OK. But still, to, to completely disregard the deadlift, I think is very foolish. It has its place. Um, you know, it's a, like I said, an overall like way of challenging your strength. Awesome. And you mentioned um, another variation of it. So the same way how we mentioned different variations of a squat, there are also different variations of a deadlift, right? There, you got the traditional one, you have sumo deadlift, and there's even like a trap bar deadlift, or you can have like just two dumbbells on your side, right? So you're kind of mimicking the trap bar itself if you have two dumbbells on your side. Uh, one variation that I actually kind of like played around with for a bit was a uh, like a suitcase uh, carry deadlift okay so with the bar so i had the bar i was gripping like the middle of the bar on uh on one hand only and it's at my side like a suitcase carry but i was just deadlifting so it was what i wanted to challenge there was my stability and my uh, am i gonna like lean forward you know to am i gonna lean to one side more so to the other side to compensate this so I was just, uh, I wanted just to play around with the, with, with the variation of a deadlift, me personally. And then I, um, I, I did that and it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. You, you would enjoy it, Mike. I, w- I, would, I would highly yeah, suggest I've, you do it. I've never thought of trying it that way. That's, uh, that's very interesting. I've never seen that before. Um, I'm definitely going to give it a shot though, just out of curiosity. So it's, it's more so than, so if you were to have like just one dumbbell on your side and you, and you pick it up. So that's fine that you're working there. But I tried to, of course, I want to one up that one. Mm-hmm. And I went with the bar itself because now you have this long bar. And what's also kind of what kind of gets tricky afterwards is you want to keep the bar as straight as possible, perpendicular to the parallel to the floor. Excuse me. Um, you wouldn't want one side to start tipping over, kind of like tipping back. Right. Yeah. You can kind of like you can envision that. 
yeah. you want to limit that whatsoever and just kind of like keep it straight. So that just adds another layer of, um, uh, of awareness uh, to the movement that you're doing and just balance and stability. So I, I like it. Well, yeah, just off the top of my head, I mean, that's throwing the, uh, the, the center of mass off kilter so much and you're getting such a long, I mean, how long are bars? Are they like six or seven feet? Something like that. Um, so you're seven, seven okay. feet, something. Yeah, something like that. Either way, holding it on the side changes it, but then holding a seven foot bar with weights on either end and it's on the side of your body. What was that? I'm trying to think of your height. I think it's roughly about, yeah, it could be about six feet. I, I don't quote us. I really don't know, actually. I'm just sure. I'm to think about your height particular because you're about six foot. You're like five, 10, five, 11, Mike. I'm five, nine. But oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they also make different length bars for different purposes. I mean, you know, of course, true powerlifting bars, they need a lot more space because they're lifting a, a fucking ton. Um, 7.2 feet. 7.2 feet. Okay. Awesome. Well, it was the original the first My, time. I don't know why I doubted myself. Usually yeah. I'm right. We all, we all knew just, we just didn't know that we knew. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that kind of goes into play with um, all of these. I'll just go back to the same exact point because it is, worth noting several times this all comes down to the center of mass the center of gravity staying over your midfoot um, a lot of this is balance and that's where most of the benefit comes from that's why we're saying do a barbell squat or a goblet squat or lunges bulgarians deadlifts anything we're not saying the word smith machine we're not saying the word leg, leg press. press exactly um, because you're you're learning how to move your body through space with your brain with resistance and you're getting that extra benefit which maybe to the casual observer doesn't seem worth it but you know carry a couch up a set of stairs uh the the person who doesn't squat and they're trying to carry that couch up the stairs they're going to struggle me i don't think i don't imagine myself having much of an issue because of all of these leg movements that i've done where i've manipulated my legs and my hips and my torso all through space and i can load it however i want to that couch isn't going to pose as much of a problem to me as, as it would somebody else who has no experience doing that. So Absolutely. that's take always all like, your, take all your groceries in, in one shot. Yeah. The, the, dude, if you, if you need two trips uh, to carry your groceries in, you, you need some, uh, some Zercher squats in your life. Oh, that's an, that's another great one that I, that I love <laughs> Zercher squat. I, I, again, I, I just like that personally. Yeah. No, I think that just so for the listeners, like we kind of went off on a little on a tangent, but definitely like having, you know, having a hip hinging exercise in your leg routine is going to be just essential for overall balance. So you want to have more of a knee dominant, you know, movement like knee flexion base, and you want to have a hip hinging style movement. This can become in a form of a barbell uh, conventional or sumo deadlift where your stance is slightly wider. Or you can do variations with dumbbells. Romanian deadlifts are phenomenal for hamstring development. A stiff-legged deadlift where your knees are completely like, like locked in place and you're just getting tremendous hamstring uh, tension. A single leg uh, toe touch is also a type of variation of body weight you can incorporate with or without weight, but it's definitely going to be another uh, kind of like a lunge where you're doing one leg at a time. That's going to really just aid on balancing out your body. If you do have a body that a, a side or a body part that's, you know, more off center or like just overpowering the other one, it's a great way to add, you know, symmetry and balance and coordination to that, uh, which will carry over to your double, uh, just your two feet flat on the ground deadlift. Mike, uh, Gabe, you were going to say something. 
Uh, I was just going to ask you a quick question. So when you when you mentioned a stiff like a deadlift and you have your knees locked, you have a slight bend in your knee as you're doing, or do you have them like completely locked? Not, I'm not locking where the point where my knees are caving backwards. I just have them like fixed in place. Um, with the Romanian, I have a more of a soft bend, so it's just a higher uh, conventional looking deadlift. It's just I the the main thing with those is it's it's always thinking when I say, I keep saying hip hinge or someone's like thinking what the fuck is a hip hinge? It's literally when you're pushing your hips back, um, almost like you're folding in half like a piece of paper. As you're doing that, your hips are sliding backwards. Um, if you're noticing that your hips are staying in place, but your upper body is moving forward and you're getting all this pressure on your back, that is not a hip hinge. So you need to keep your new spine, you know, basically neutral. And I want you to think like I, we've used different analogies and or cueing points in other episodes where we talk about, you know, it's almost like someone's wrapping a rope around your waist and they're pulling you back on your hips. You're naturally going to push your hips back towards the wall behind you and fold forward. That is a hip hinge. And that is the base of the, the that base movement is everything with all those exercises that have in common. Yeah. I always, Even, uh, go ahead, Mike. I, I always uh, tell people to kind of pay attention to their elbows and their knees. Those are two hinge joints that you can use as a, as an example. Um, when you're trying to understand the hips is a, a very complex intersection of torso meeting legs. So there's a lot of things that you can do, but essentially you're turning it into an elbow. Um, your hips are now working on a, a single plane of motion and your knees also are serving that function of hinging and they're working together, uh, kind of going in opposite directions, but, um, go ahead, Gabe. I was going to, I was just going to say, I love that analogy that you just gave turning your hip into like an elbow yeah. or a knee. I've, I don't think I've ever thought of it like that. And it just makes perfect sense. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually like not a hundred percent. I don't want to say like, I don't think I'm a hundred percent on board with that one, to be honest. No, well, no. I, I think the reason for it, because the, I get your analogy as far as like what the body will start to look like, mm -hmm. but the elbow, let's say if I'm flexing my bicep, my elbow doesn't slide necessarily. Mm -hmm. What I think that it's important to note, I like the analogy because the as far as like your body, how it looks once it's in that position will look like, you know, a flexed elbow, but you want to also remember that you also want to, it's a sliding motion. Almost imagine like your hips are on a track, like a drawer or something, and they're sliding on the same plane back and forth, causing that flexion to happen. It's not you being fixed and just folding your your upper body down oh yeah no 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 that's that's not uh the way i i meant I to, to, to clear perceived. that up yeah where you're going yeah. with it yeah but for the listener thinking it's just oh it's just folding at my waist yeah yeah no i didn't mean it in a literal sense of just fold at the waist it's it's just a, a visual representation that usually goes along with a uh an, yeah. an example rep or three or five just to kind of make the point but yeah no that, that was a good distinction to make um, I think that as far as leg development, definitely it's going to be important, especially like we talked about for balance and symmetry on the legs, injury prevention. If you're someone that neglects their hamstrings, also for my people that are trying to develop their glutes, you know, this, uh, maybe we can make a glute episode in another episode because that can be a, uh, all individual style. Like, you know, just cut, you know, just talking specifically on the certain function of these movements for the glutes itself, but these usually lend itself well for better glute development overall. 
um, just because, you know, if you're someone that wants to develop your glutes and maybe you're not happy, focus on your hamstring development. Believe it or not, focusing on your hamstring development is going to, so if you're just squatting, 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 and you're not developing your glutes, because I know people that don't have glute, great glute development and they squat very nice. It's not as common, but it happens. But you definitely want to start incorporating some hamstring work because the way the hamstring in the hamstring inserts into the body is going to give that butt that natural lift. You know, it's it starts under the glute muscle, and that's what you know. If you notice someone that has nice glutes, usually they have really well, like good hamstring genetics, or they have well developed hamstrings. That's a secret that people don't think when they're. You can train your glutes all you want, kickbacks all you want, hip bridges all you want, but if you're not working on your hamstrings, your butt's never going to be fully developed. That's why when people get plastic surgery on their glutes, it looks odd to the eye because. It's just the glute that's developed, like, well, it's put in place, but that there's no hamstring. It's almost like a, a round butt with a flat, it just goes flat completely on the back of the legs. A natural, well-developed uh, glutes have good hamstring development. So that's also important to note if you're someone that has contemplated this or is wondering why they're struggling. Yeah, and emphasis being on training that in a compound exercise uh when he says develop your hamstrings that doesn't necessarily mean just go on the lying leg curl machine and it will help but uh, we're specifically putting emphasis on compound movements definitely here on this episode we we haven't said i mean obviously there is something to be said for for leg machines they yeah. have their place but they should not be the base <laughs> i know like she's like, I know. She's like already tired of being in the cage all night but um i can just imagine when she's bigger i know oh yeah <laughs> it's more so because right now i just don't want her to tear up my house <laughs> no, no 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 i'm just saying like you know when she's bigger and then she just starts if she were to just start howling actually mm -hmm. you know what like when i i was actually contemplating on bringing her here i just don't feel her like crying in here that would be like awful um, yeah. yeah or just peeing on my like little quote-unquote yeah. rug on the floor um but no, so like the legs machines definitely do have a place in your routine. It's they, they obviously can add more volume to your leg training, but they should be at the end of your routine. Your main focus should be the movements that we've discussed because those are going to add the most benefit and most bang for your buck when it comes to overall leg development than any of those leg machines alone. You can develop some muscle for sure because there's stimulation, but yep. nowhere, nowhere near the amazing development you'll get from these these movements that we've listed. I think there's Actual. something to be said for calves. I mean, like I personally don't train calves like that. And granted, we were talking making fun about the whole calf thing at the beginning, but that one calves we can keep it pretty simple you want to do some type of standing variations of calves and seated variations of calves if you're talking about just traditional resistance training granted there's machines for this but you can even do uh free weight variations of this that are phenomenal you can do it on my home with body weight and make it challenging i don't know how much uh, what other stuff for calves we can really talk about that's really going to add that much well, I think the main point to stay here is one, you don't want to have, you know, just rapid bouncing kind of like, you know, reps right. when you're doing the calves, right? You would want to go nice and slow and controlled and really challenge, um, go to uh, both end ranges of motion on this. You'd want to get on top of your, you know, your, your toes, uh, the balls of your feet as possible right. and kind of like really contract and hold it there. And conversely, 
you'd want to really um, try to bring your heel down as much as possible um, when you're doing it and just really holding it there. Maybe for like half a second. Yeah, if you're struggling for calf development, tempo is going to make the big difference for your calf development because you don't want to be bouncing because what's going to happen is that your Achilles tendon takes over. People don't know this, but your Achilles tendon is very, very strong and it will take a lot of the load and your calves aren't going to be getting a lot of stimulation. So definitely slowing down the negative, holding at the top. It hurts so much more. You'll move a lot less on your calves, but you will get a better contraction, better development on your calves because you've slowed down the move. And this is with any movement that you're struggling with or any muscle you're struggling with, slowing it down, stop using momentum, stop cheating the reps and stop, try to make it easier for you. Make the exercise challenging and difficult where you know that you don't need all that much, you know, to get that end result. Yeah, I had somebody on a Thursday that, that I really needed to emphasize on them and slowing down on any basically any movement that they were doing. And I gave them the analogy of like, uh, if I gave you a piece of paper and a pen, I told you, write your name down, but you have like two seconds to do it. You know, how would it look? Probably sloppy. That's actually but if, I like if that. you have like, you know, 10, 30 seconds to write your name, how is it going to look? nice and neat so i i really like to emphasize wow. on the slow because <laughs> blew my mind i love that i'm gonna use that tomorrow <laughs> go right ahead um it's more for to building that connection that you have there or really feeling the the, the muscle and really um uh, making sure that you're giving the 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 intention to the movement that you really want to right because if you were to do the balancing fast motions or anything fast um, is it really working like how you would want it to work? I mean, uh, are you wasting your time? No, you're not. Are you going to get some development? Yeah, you, you, you are. But you would really kind of like take it to the next level um, if hey, you were to. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Um, if you were to just slow, slow the movement down. I got slightly erect when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that on that note, I think we covered our basis for overall leg development. I mean, like machines, we can cover someplace maybe in the future for machine focused stuff because I don't want to discredit machines completely. That would be kind of ignorant on our behalf. But for I know for our listening, our fan, you know, fan base, listener base, you know, people that support us, I think that the average people that are just trying to maximize their time in the gym, you definitely don't want to think that you have to be doing crazy amounts of machine work to develop that playing it safe, spend less time in the gym, do these movements. You'll be in and out of the gym a lot sooner and your, the benefits and carryover are going to be so much better. As a preview for that machine uh, episode or whatever, I do like the leg press for a single leg press. I yeah, do like that one. Definitely has um, but, but that's really it. The only thing that I wanted to mention for, for here as a, as a final point is when you're performing any of these movements, what I kind of like tell people to focus on is I want people to look at their, um, either look at themselves in the mirror or when they record themselves to look at your ankle, seeing how much, uh, how stable it is. And also the knee, is it caving in when you're squatting or when you're deadlifting or when you're doing any of these movements? Um, is, is it making too much movement? No, we would want to try to push out or, you know, just try have it uh, as little to no movement as possible when you're, when you're making these, uh, when you're performing any of these, really. I think that you, I think that's beautifully said. So it's, we're definitely going to preference like another episode just regarding machines for other body parts, but we wanted to kind of just cover our bases, the stuff that you need to do be doing for 
amazing legs. Trust me, try it, do it twice a week, you know, work your legs at a minimum of twice a week, a couple sets per thing, uh, per, per workout, you're going to do great. Um, I think on that note, boys, if you like this episode, please go ahead and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to share this with someone as well, if you don't want to miss future episodes and you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. You know, we've been dropping three a week. And I, I want to also preference this, you know, even though we have our Instagram, I want to say that publicly because people can message us on the Instagram as of now. But for our listeners, we want to do something where we can keep more in contact with you guys. And I haven't prefaced the boys about saying this on the episode, but, you know, creating a Facebook group for our next level show listeners and supporters. So we can connect more with you guys. Cause same way that I believe in adding value through the podcast, I want to get to know all of you more granted, if you guys would like to hop on and we can just discuss stuff and come up with stuff for the, for the show. Cause we want this to be a place where you can find, you know, information that you can for the most part, you know, trust full heartedly because I'm going to say we will make mistakes, but I that you can feel confident that we are giving you the best and, you know, get to know everyone. So I think that after this, we'll start creating it for this week. What do you guys think? Yes. I think it'd yes. be ideal. Um, that way we can get more. And then on um, to finish up, follow us on Instagram as of now. We'll guys, we'll post it on the Instagram once it's officially in live uh, at the next level show. Um, follow me at John Alva seven. Gabe is at prime and glory and Mike the light is at Mike Nillis PT. Peace.